All right, now, the first Sunday of 2016. And thinking about, Lord, what would you want me to share with this uh, being the first message of the year? None of us knowing what another day will bring. We had 11 funerals uh, just during the last few days of the year at our church family. They did not live to 2016. But none of us know what another day is going to bring. We do know that we're permitted to enter the year 2016. We do not know when the Lord is going to come back again. He said, in such an hour as you think not, I'm going to come. He has said, I will show you some signs. We're seeing those signs literally uh, fulfilled on a day-to-day basis. But we don't know. We do not know. But one thing that we do know is that if we live 2016, I want, as your pastor, to make a guarantee to you Uh, as you go down Highway 2016, that it will be a year of stress. S-T-R-E-S-S. That's the word I just used. And it will be true in every single life here. That's what life is all about. None of us know what another day is going to bring. We all want to just live stress-free lives. I want to show you from the scripture that ain't possible. And there is a reason for stress. There is a reason for it that is very clear in the Bible. And for you to pray, Lord, I don't want any, I want you to listen to the writers of the Bible who said, you ought to count it all joy. Because that is indicative of the fact that you're walking with the Lord, and as you walk with the Lord, there is an enemy that's going to come against you. Now, that, the Bible says that enemy that comes against you will not prosper if you're a child of God. If you're not a child of God, then that's yet to be determined how you will make it. The Bible says we go through the valley of the shadow of death. We pass through very treacherous times. So we must prepare for that. If you know that it's going to happen, then you find out, now how do I deal with it? And I'm going to try to show you from the scripture. I want to make a prediction, again, as your pastor, that all of us will go through stress this year if we're children of God. We'll also go, you will go through stress if you're not a child of God. And I'll try to deal with that just a little bit. But I want you to listen very closely. Because when things don't go like you plan for them to go, when the Bible's already said you don't even know what another day's going to bring, but we have long-range plans, that when that happens, it's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to quit. It's not time to say, what happened to me? I thought I was God's child and everything was fine. No, let's get the truth because truth is what sets us free. We've got to know what the Bible says, and then we know how to deal with it, especially if you know that it's coming. That's the reason we have storm warnings, amber alerts, or whatever you want to uh, refer to. It is a warning. This is going to come. Now prepare for it. We hear people talking about preparing for old age, preparing for college, preparing for this vocation, that vocation. Well, let's listen today and see what God's Word has to say. There is a solution 
for the stress that'll come. There is a way to prepare for it, and there's a way to deal with it when it comes. So please listen carefully. And again, if somebody comes up to you this year and says, I am stressed out, just say, well, welcome. Me too, and so is my friend here, and this friend here, and this friend here. So the four of us welcome you into our group. Now we got five stressed out folks. And, and so we're not gonna, going to uh, ask forgiveness for our behavior because I'm under stress. We are all under stress, okay? But when we understand that and then know that God has told us it's going to happen and here's the way we deal with it, you'll surprise yourself how quickly you get through the, the, the valley of stress and move on to what God has planned. Now, this scripture is in James chapter 1. Listen as I read to you, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Let me stop. 12 tribes, they're now scattered. Stephen has been executed, the first Christian martyr. The tribes are scattering all over the Roman world. The good news is in the first 100 years, everybody in the Roman Empire heard the gospel because the people scattered throughout the whole land. As they went, that was bad news that they had to break up, but yet it was a great mission strategy to win or to at least share the gospel of the Roman Empire. Verse 2, James 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Did you get that? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and endure, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, we will pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withers the grass, and the flower thereof falls. And the grass and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Happy is a man that endureth temptations. For when he is tried, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Now remember that as you go through life, God will allow us as God's children to face trials. Temptation comes from the devil. God tempts no one. The devil is the tempter. So there's a difference in a temptation and a trial. The source is different. One comes from Satan. Satan tempts you to self-destruct. And many are doing it even as we speak. So listen very, 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 very closely. As these believers are scattered like a covey of quail and the gospel is going out and the world is moving through this difficult time after the resurrection of the Lord and those that are being called out to be the disciples and the apostles and the followers of Jesus are going everywhere, even dying for their faith, many of them assassinated, becoming martyrs for the cause of Christ, God is working out something. And as the trials come, 
Let me tell you, the closer you walk to the Lord, with the Lord, the more the trials. Because they come after him as they come after you. And the closer you walk with God, the more the testing. Because the closer you get to the Lord, he wants you to even get closer and to get closer, that he can reveal himself more and more with you. So if we can go into 2016 and have a faith that works, a faith that works, not a faith that's built on a lot of words, but a faith that really works under fire in any situation given to us by God, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then good, good things can happen. Now, here's what happened then, and it's happening now. Their kids were being raised in their homes of the believers under very tight watch care because of the enemy that was outside. But then as those children got away from the parents, they got exposed to things, and they got in situations to where lots of trials and tribulations came. The same holds true for today. Every single generation from, from this chapter till right now, it's gotten harder and harder to walk with God because of the fact the world has become more and more and more worldly. The church has chosen to try to walk side by side with the world instead of leading out and living by their convictions. When I don't care what age you are, you are, you are definitely facing more temptation than the generation before you. When I grew up in this very town, the schools were together, the churches were together, the community was together, our children, we could share them, all the athletic events in the town of all of our kids, they evolved around the church. Now the church has just closed its doors and the world hasn't. Now we have kids just like they did then. They would teach them at home the ways of God. They get out into the world and the pressure of the world comes down on them to be, today we use the word politically correct. You've got to understand that might've been good enough for mom and daddy or grandma and grandpa, but now we're in a different generation. We don't do like, like we do. Today, as I read yesterday, the sentence that sex is just understood, premarital sex is just understood today among young people. Well, it's not, it's not understood by God. It's not planned by God that way. It has just happened that the world has taken control. And with every kind of device, our kids are bombarded with everything but God. Now, in the midst of this, as those temptations come to the world, they are trials for the children of God, whether they're young children or whether they're us as children of God because we have been born again. So... We don't worry about what's politically correct. We worry about what is God's will for our life. So stress is a warning signal. For instance, no born-again believer can go out and do the things of the world and enjoy them. You can do whatever you want to do, but you will never enjoy sin if you're a born-again child of God. Now, if you're just somebody trying to play a little game, yes, yes. But when you walk with God, then that God's ways are higher than man's ways. And when you've walked in the light, you don't go back to the darkness anymore. You have now seen a new world, a new life, and a better life. And so you stay with it. So it's very hard for us to all say, we say it 
but I'm thinking I'll just be the first one to confess it. I have my days too. Romans 8, 28 says, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, it doesn't say everything's good. It says everything worked together for good. That's where I have my trouble. I got to read it again. Oh, I say they're going to work together, but everything is not good. Okay. And as we go through this world, we, we as Christians can even say, I find that sometimes hard to, why is this? I don't understand. Why did I lose my job? Why did she break up with me? Why did he break up with me? Why didn't I get that, that scholarship to that university? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? Hey, just wait on God and don't get stressed out. Don't get all caught up in, I don't understand this. Good. God says, my ways are higher than your ways. If you don't understand it, that's a pretty good sign that it might be my way and not your way. But the devil's going to tempt, but the Lord is going to allow you to go through the fire because you will come out purer once you get through. Whenever you stand against the temptations of the evil one and you know what sin is and what virtue is, and when you find yourself in sin as a child of God, you immediately know that and you prepare yourself to Put yourself under the protection of the arms of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and walk as God wants you to walk. Now, the alternative to this is to try to make the church to where it becomes relevant with the world and where you make everybody feel comfortable and you just understand that the old people, you know, they talk about sin and all, but they didn't know, but we're a lot smarter now and we got this and got that, so we can just do anything. And if we enjoy it, it's got to be good and so forth and so on. That is a choice. But the consequences are obvious. John 16, says, These things I have spoken to you, this is from the, the words of Jesus, that in me you're going to have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. I like that. I've overcome the world. We're more than overcomers. We win. We win. Elijah quite a character. He's one of those guys kind of like Job we can all identify with, Simon Peter. You know, I, Elijah, he couldn't handle stress very good, the Old Testament prophet. He'd have these high mountaintop experiences and all the prophets of Satan and Baal. He'd, he'd defeat the whole bunch. And then a woman got after him and he runs like crazy, finds him a tree and gets under it and has a pity party. He sends out uh, invitations for all of his friends that he's having a pity party and found out he had no friends. Because he's sitting there by himself. And during that time, he became very depressed. He became very fatigued. He became very forgetful. He became defeated. And he became very despondent. And you can keep on adding words to that. Now, this is a guy that is a prophet of God who decides for a brief time, maybe they're having more fun than I am. Maybe their way is the right way. Maybe what they're saying about my my parents and grandparents and all, maybe they're right. Well, let's hold on for just a minute. Isaiah puts it like this in the 26th chapter, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Folks, it's a big step big step and I don't care how big you are it is a big step when you come to the day to trust God just trust him 
His ways he cannot explain to us. They're beyond our comprehension. He's not going to waste his time telling you something you couldn't understand if he told it to you. Just trust him, and we'll understand it better by and by. One day we will fall at his feet and praise him and say, Thank you, God. Thank you that you've tolerated my temper tantrums, my childish fits. I want it my way, and I want it now. If you love me, you'll do whatever. Thank you, God, for shutting that door. In Philippians, Paul wrote in the fourth chapter, verses 6 and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, I wonder if you have that peace. I wonder if you have that peace. Listen to 1 Peter 1, 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if you need be, you have been grieved by various trials. And then Jesus says in Luke twenty two twenty eight, but you are those who have continued with me in my trials. Now Listen. Are you, under trial? are you under really pressure today? Are you stressed out? Let me ask you a question. Are you in the will of God? And you say, as far as I know, I'm in the will of God. You're stressed out. Okay. Are you ready for this? You know what you're fixing to do? You're fixing to share with Jesus what it's like to be under a direct attack from Satan. And you're going to know before you ever get into it, he's going to win. God's going to win. Satan has never beat him one time, and he's never going to. The record is zero to millions. We win. We win. Well, Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 10. He said, these things are predictable. So I want you to remember that word, predictable. Then I want you to remember another word, problematic. Problematic. It can, stress can, can, and trials, if you're not careful can be a great enemy to you. They can defeat you. You just can't, you just break down under pressure. Many people, whenever they come, they turn to the things of this world. They'll start drinking. They'll start drinking more and more and more. They'll do drugs. They'll do a thousand different things because they can't stand that pressure. They're not able to just stand strong in the power of his might, but they begin to crumble and crumble and crumble. And they turn all kinds of colors, purple, they feel beat up and bruised. They feel the blues. Never felt more like singing the blues. They turn green with envy. Their face turns red. Their cowardness makes them yellow. And everything in the dark that they're living in is black. The darkness of this world. God scolded Elijah when he's out there having a pity party. Nobody showed up. You know what he said to Elijah? If you're a born-again believer, here's what he's saying to you and to me right now. If you're depressed, stressed out, burned out, whatever, you know what he's saying? Same thing he said to Elijah. Look it up, 1 Kings 19 and 9. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? He's sort of chastising. You could break that up. What are you, Elijah? Of all I showed you, what are you doing here? Then what are you doing? I'm not doing nothing. I'm just praying. I'm just sitting here waiting on the blessing. He said, what are you doing about your problem? Nothing. 
I quit reading the Bible, quit coming to church, quit giving, quit serving, quit doing everything. I'm just sitting. Well, he says, what are you doing? Nothing. And then he says, what are you doing here under this old tree after all you've seen me do through your life and your ministry? Another word that I want to throw out to you is the word paradoxical. In that fourth verse, it says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Have you noticed patience? It's hard to be patient when you're nine. It's not easy when you're 15. And it's not easy when you're 70. Be still and know that I'm God. That's what God is telling us, that be still. Take a deep breath. You don't have to hold it. You'll die. Let it out and take another one. Notice I'm alive. Feel yourself. I'm alive. You know? Well, I'm going to lose my... You, well, have you lost? No, I haven't lost it yet. Well, just, just calm down a little bit. Count it all joy. Woo! Count it all joy. Well, I'll count it, but I'm not going to count it joy. But you know what? Anything that'll make me and you take an inventory of our walk with God is worth it. We got to do that every once in a while. Is every day with Jesus sweeter than the day before? Do you love Jesus more when you were nine years old than you do now? Did you rather listen to Christian music when you were a child than you do now? See, that's the way the inventory has to be taken. Are you really happier now? Now that you've got what you want, do you want what you have? Aren't you, major, aren't you glad that you made a lot of money this year? Wait till you talk to your CPA. He'll humble you. All that we have to do is to just stop and say, wait a minute. Jesus told me if I get slapped to turn my other cheek, if I'm being sued, you know, give me a coat, give me your cloak also. Job said the world's going to be full of, of trials. Joseph said, you meant it for evil. This to his brothers, when they, remember, threw him in the, in the uh, pit. He said, you meant it for evil, and I didn't understand it then, but you meant it for bad, but God used it for good. Isn't that wonderful when you live long enough to see doing right 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, or longer, that God let you live long enough to see the blessing, not from heaven, but right here on the earth. To see where you said no. When he said, if you love me, you will. You say, well, if you love me, you won't. And if you don't like it, go find you somebody else. And he did. And you went your way. And he went his way. And what God led you to was a thousand times better. That's the way God works. No one that walks with God ever gets second best of anything. Every day and everything is better when God is in it. When God is in it. In the book of Hebrews, the writer said, Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him, talking about Jesus, endured the cross, despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You think Jesus is upset? You think he's upset that he submitted to the cross, went to the tomb, rose from the grave, and didn't call the 10,000 angels? You bet. He's pleased. I'm glad. I just said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. I understand now. I understand now. The way of salvation has been 
paid. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Are you here for the life expectancy? Are you here for eternity? Are you measuring it over eternity or just those few years? Well, let me quickly throw out the word purposeful because stress is pur- purposeful. James 1, again, 3, he says, knowing this, that trying your faith works patience and let patience do its perfect work. So there's a purpose for it. God has a plan. Stress can produce a purpose. First Peter 1, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire. Stress can make us more productive, more patient, more thankful, more alert, more motivated. First Peter 1 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Folks, it's not long that we'll see him. So I want to ask you this question. What motivates you to pray the most? How many of you get up every morning when you feel good and say, oh, good, Lord, thank God, this is a great day. I thank you so very much. You know, I just want you to know I just love you. And in fact, I think I'll stay home, be two hours late for work today, just thanking you for how good I feel. Or do you find your prayer time is when you can barely get out of bed, maybe fall out of the bed, and you say, oh, God, please help me. I've never felt so bad in all my life. Hey, pray when things are good. Thank him. Praise him. That's what you do. You praise him. And just say, this is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And James 1, he goes on to say, Blessed is a man that endures temptation, for when he's tried, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those that love him. Woo! What excitement that is. You know, somebody said we Christians are like a tea bag. You know what I'm talking about? When do they function best? When you put them in hot water. You understand the illustration? You take a tea bag, put it in hot water, it starts doing what tea bags are. You take a Christian and put them in a trial and tribulation, you'll see what kind of tea's in the bag. See what I'm saying? That's when we're tested. And that's when we're doing the good. That's when people are watching and seeing, oh, David's saying, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Jim Elliott was a missionary of the Autech Indians. You've heard this where he said, he's not a fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You hear that? He is not a fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jesus taught that our life does not consist in what we possess. James said in the first chapter, bless the man that endures temptation. Second Timothy chapter four, verse seven, he said to Timothy, I fought a good fight, finished the course, kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me in that day. But not to me only, but to all of those that love his appearing. And then in Revelation 2, fear none of those things which, which you shall suffer. 
Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. Fatty Crosby wrote many of our great old hymns. She was blind. She was never able to see the light of day, but she had insight. She saw better than we did into the spiritual world. And she wrote so many songs that we can sing for memory. Here's one. Great things he has taught us. Great things he has done. And great our rejoicing through Jesus, the Son. But pure and higher and greater will be our wonder and our transport when Jesus we see. Remember the name of that song? To God be the what? Glory. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Wow. The moth or, or the worm coming out of the cocoon can't become a moth without struggling. You don't fly if you just stay in the protection of everything around you. I don't want to give to the Lord because I might not have enough money to retire on. The Lord said, okay, I'll just take you when you're 40 and you won't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know? You know, I just like to live every day when the Lord knows that he just can't get without me, you know? That he's found somebody, he can flow whatever. His love, his wealth, his whatever he wants to do. But folks, we win. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but it's going to take me a couple minutes to tell it. But I did it in the last service, so I might as well tell you too. I, I watched a football game last night. You, you say, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry about it. It's a Liberty Bowl. The Christians played the Oregon liberals. Where marijuana is legal. They came down, and uh, I tried to get bed at 8.30, and at 8.30, it was 31 to nothing. Oregon. And everybody went to the, well, I thought Christian might as well take a shower, but they went into the locker room for halftime. And they came back out from the halftime, in about the first three minutes, it was 31 to 14. All of a sudden, you begin to see the people from Oregon. They weren't jumping quite as high, and their color was beginning to change and fade all over their white uniforms. I mean, it was just pitiful. It was pathetic. They thought, what in the world is happening? Well, to make a long story short, if you didn't see the ball game, in the last second, they tied up the ball game. The Christians came back. Nobody in all the bowls ever scored 31 points deficit and came back to tie the game. So then it went into overtime. So it went into first overtime, it was tied. Went into the second overtime, it was tied. Went into the third overtime, and then you had to, to you know, the, the, the get two points on the extra point. But to close the story and let you go home, the Christians made it, and the other bunch didn't. And the Christians won. Woo, we won, we won, we won. I said, that's kind of like life is. You know, a lot of people say, man, y'all are so far behind. Have you seen the polls? Do you know what? Everybody wants to do this. Everybody wants to do that. We got to legalize this, legalize that. Let them do this. Let them do that. They're going to win. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Let her go. We're going to win. I know who wins because it's in the book. We win. He's coming back. And there's going to be a lot of struggles and trials and tribulations. Our quarterback may end up in jail and all that other stuff that goes with that story, all right? But the quarterback that was supposed to do the Christian quarterback 
he was messing around and he hit a policeman and they put him in jail. Another guy comes in and wins the day. That's the way God works. See, he don't have to have you if you're the quarterback. You say, but I'm so good. God got to have me. He don't have to have you. We got him. Amen. Amen. Okay. So folks, let's go home and get out here on the playing field and get, don't get stressed out. We are going to win.